All right, so Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Holy Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that shines the light of the word into our lives so that we might understand what you have revealed to us in your word and so that we might make it a part of our life, so that we might become more holy as you are holy. And so, Lord, today I do pray for that Spirit upon us. I pray that you illuminate our lives through your Word. Show us where we need to change. Show us where we need to pursue you. And show us where we fail, so that we might turn towards you in repentance and belief. And Lord, give me your spirit today so that I might proclaim well a message that your people can hear and a message in which your people can see you. I do pray all this in Christ's precious name. Amen. So we are at that point on our calendar where we really kind of magically change from one number to another. We change from December 31st to January 1st. And this year we will change from 2017 to 2018. Some of us will change quicker than others. For anything like me, I'll be signing checks and paperwork sometime in March 2017. Instead of 2000, it takes me three months to catch up with the year change is what I'm trying to say there, folks. But it's also a time where not only do we look at this somewhat artificial change in the calendar, but we also look back on our lives. We have a tendency to to take this next day or so and to go... Well, here, this is where I failed this year. Well, I'm going to resolve to do better in this area next year. Maybe it's in areas of exercise or health. Maybe it's in areas of reading books or spending more time with family or whatever it may be, finishing that project at your home that's maybe been on your list for a few more years than your spouse is comfortable with. We make those resolutions. And typically, if you're like most of us, and by February 7th, the revel- those resolutions are gone. I think on average, most resolutions last about three to six weeks in the new year. But if I can encourage you this year to focus on one thing, it is this. It is being blessed. And so today I want to look at what it means to be blessed. A comparison of the way of the wicked versus the way of the blessed. And also the future for the blessed versus the unrighteous. So first off, we'll look at Psalm 1 and it opens up here. Blessed is the man. Now, blessed is one of those words in the Psalms that shows up almost more than any other word within the Psalms. I think the other only other word that shows up more than blessed in the Psalms is the words for God. The different words, the different names for God that show up within the Psalm. So. If that's the case, that should be a signal to us that that's a pretty important thing for us to understand. What does it mean to be blessed according to Scripture? 
When we looked at our Christmas message last week, we looked at the, the proclamation of the angels of peace on earth. And we talked about peace being this idea of wholeness and completeness. Remember, we talked about something that is complex and made up of a bunch of little pieces, like the jigsaw puzzle at the library, is said to have shalom, is said to have peace once it is whole and once it is complete. Blessing is very much the same thing. When God blesses humanity or when God calls humanity to be blessed, He's calling them to a life of wholeness. He's calling them to a life of completeness. He's calling them to a life of joy and happiness. Everything wrapped up in joy, everything wrapped up in happiness, everything wrapped up in peace is what is carried to us when God calls us to be blessed. Now, there are a few times throughout Scripture where man is called to bless God. Now, can we make God any more complete than He is now? No, absolutely not. God is complete in Himself. God is blessed in the sense that He wants to bless us. So how do we bless God? Well, we bless Him by worshiping Him. We bless Him by praising Him. That's why oftentimes the translators within the Psalms will take uh, the word for blessed when it is man being blessing God and they translate it praise or worship. But God seeks to bless us by filling our emptiness, by fixing those places where the complex parts have fallen apart. And God seeks to give us wholeness. But in Psalm 1... God gives a very specific description of those who are blessed. And it's actually a negative comparison here. So it opens up with saying, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is on the law of the Lord, and on, this, on his law he meditates day and night. So what does it mean to be blessed? Well, what it doesn't mean is to go through the progression of sin. What it doesn't mean is that we are to not walk in the counsel of the wicked. We are to not stand in the way of sinners or we are to not sit in the seat of mockers. Have you ever been tempted to sin? And have you ever maybe only halfway sinned? You only gave up halfway. You kind of only halfway walked into the sin and then realized, oh, wait a minute. I'm sinning. I need to back out. I need to remind myself that God calls me to be holy. Well, the next time that temptation comes, instead of walking into it and back out of it, you kind of stand in the temptation for a little bit. You kind of hang out there and you kind of go, well, you know, I know that this is not something I'm supposed to do, but I'm just going to stop here for a few moments and see how close I can get to the edge. And then we back out again. And then the next time we come upon that temptation, or maybe not the next time, maybe, maybe it's the time 20 times down the road that we're hit with that temptation. We sit in it and we dwell in it. We reside in that sin and all of a sudden that sin has us in its grip. 
That's the picture that we have here, that this negative picture of what the blessed man does not do. He doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Where do you get your advice from? Where do you get your counsel from? When you're trying to make a decision in your life or deal with the difficulty in your life, where do you go? Where do you turn? The blessed man does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He doesn't stand by the way of sinners or he does not sit in the seat of mockers. Matt Chandler is a preacher in Texas. He's a and uh, I've just recently posted on my Facebook page a, a video, my face, whatever it's called. I just recently posted on Facebook a video by Matt Chandler where he talks about the abandonment of church by the younger generation, the secularization of the younger church, or the secularization of the younger generation. And he makes the point that it's not the culture, it's not colleges, it's not the world outside the church that is secularizing our youth. It's us that are doing it. When we make half-hearted devotion to God, when we make decisions to take breaks from God, when we make decisions to put something above our worship and something above our gathering, we are teaching them to walk in the counsel of the wicked. We are teaching them that something is more important than church. And Matt says that this quote just, this quote tore me up. He said, half-hearted devotion in this generation leads to complete rejection of God in the next. See, we don't fall into sin. We don't lose our blessedness in a moment. We lose it little by little. We give a little here. We, we hedge a little bit there. We... We hold back a little bit from God in this area. And then tomorrow we hold back a little bit more. And, and tomorrow we stop coming to church for a while. And then the next day we just, you know, neither us nor our children care anything about God. The blessed man does not do that. What does he do instead? He delights and he meditates. Now, what does it mean to delight? Have you ever delighted in a child? Have you, ever, have you ever met a, a new parent, whether it's their first child or, or their last child? I remember, I'm going to embarrass my son here, uh, I remember that time when the doctor handed me Gregory. This, this little bun, I mean, it was just yesterday. That's why it's easy for me to remember. He handed me this little bundle. And if you've ever been in a delivery room, it's not always the prettiest little bundle that they hand you. But my family walked in. My mom, my dad, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, whoever else was there with them, those are the only four I remember walking in the room. But I held out this child and I said, this is my son. And I beamed. I said, isn't he beautiful? And they all lied. They all said, yes, he is. He's beautiful. We've all done it, haven't we? Let's be honest. We delight in our own beautiful children. Even when other people go, you know what, it just looks like a baby. That's what we mean when we delight. We delight in the law. Do you, do you, do you take God's revealed word and you say, this is my salvation. This is my God revealed in these words. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it glorious? 
Not because the word is something I worship. The word reveals to me who I worship. The word reveals to me who has purchased and how he has purchased my salvation. And I delight in that. The law makes me joyful. The law makes me happy. Yes, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's glorious. That's beautiful. And don't you want to see it and glory in it with me? Don't you want to have the joy that the word, the law reveals? The blessed man delights in the law, but he also does something else because he delights in it. He meditates in the law day and night. The original Hebrew word for meditate here kind of means mumble or speak under your breath. It's this idea of vocalizing the word over and over and over again. Repeating to yourself the word of the Lord, reminding yourself of what that law states reminding you of the call to be holy, reminding you of the call of righteousness that God puts upon your life, reminding yourself that you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Constantly, we talk about self-talk in our culture. We talk about if your life is not exactly what you want it to be, talk to yourself about how wonderful you are. Um, Al Franken, before he was a senator, was a comedian on Saturday Night Live, and he had this he had this uh, character that sat there in front of a mirror, uh, in front of a mirror, and said things like, "I'm wonderful, I'm blessed." I'm. He didn't say blessed. That would be a biblical word. I don't think Franklin Franken would use a biblical word, but he would say all these wonderful, positive things about himself, and then he would look at himself in the mirror and he goes, "And people like me." That's what we talk about. We talk about self-talk. We talk about telling ourselves how wonderful we are if we want to be better in our life. You know what our self-talk should be instead? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And God said, let us create man in our own image, male and female. We need to repeat the Scriptures to ourselves. Remind us who we are in God's economy. We are the image of God. Remind us that we are broken and fallen in sin. Remind us that we desperately need a Savior and Jesus came to be that Savior. We don't need self-esteem. We need to be reminded of who we are before God. We are His image. We are sinful. And yet we were worth the life and death of His Son. Our souls were purchased by Jesus, giving up his, his rightful place in heaven and taking upon himself the form of a servant. You want to feel good about yourself? Remind yourself of what Scripture says about you. That you're a sinner, but you're forgiven. You're a slave, but you've been purchased with the blood and the life of Christ. Meditating on the law of the Lord is reminding ourselves of it. Now, can we carry our Bible with us absolutely everywhere we go? Actually, yeah, we can anymore. Now that I think about it, we can put it on our phones if we want to anymore. In fact, uh, a lot of times if I come to visit you in the hospital or something like that, I'm reading it off the phone instead of off of a, a, a Bible like that. But what's the best way to mumble the word to yourself over and over again? 
And it's an area where I suffer, folks. It's an area where I don't do well at all. Memorize it. If you've got it up in here, mumble it to yourself. I lift up mine eyes to the hills. For once cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Find verses like that that speak to you, that strengthen you in temptation, that, that lift you up and give you joy and blessedness. And memorize them. Do you have problems with thought life? Do you have problems with what you look at with your eyes? Do you have problems with what you read or view on television? Memorize that passage in Philippians 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever, and I'm getting them all out of order, I know that. Whatever is trustworthy, whatever is excellent, think on these things. Remind yourself, mumble to yourself the commands of God. We talk about not knowing what God wants us to do in a certain temptation or a certain situation. That's because we don't know God's word. It's because we don't delight in it. It's because we don't meditate on it. And there are consequences for both ways of life. There are consequences for those who do the things that the blessed do not do. And that is that the wicked are blown away like chaff. If you ever separated grain by hand. I never have. I've just read about it. But you take the kernel and you take the, the rest of the material, that dry leafy stuff that's around the kernel, and you kind of rub them in your hands and you hold and then you hold what's left in your hand and you blow on it and the wheat kernel stays, but that dry leafy stuff blows away. That's the chaff. That's what it's talking about here. The wind blows the chaff away, but what about the blessed? They're full of life. They're like a tree planted by streams of water. You live in a, if you lived in a desert climate, you would search for and probably live in an oasis. Why would you live there? It's because that's where the trees are alive. That's where the trees are planted by the water where it bubbles up through the sand and forms little ponds and little wet areas. God says in the midst of the desert of this world, in the midst of the desert of sin, the blessed have life. And they produce fruit. Now, we're not trees. You know, you're, you're not going to come and pluck an apple off my ear or something later on today. What does it mean to produce fruit? It means that our delight in the law grows. It means that people around us are changed by our delight in the law. The Spirit empowers us to proclaim and to live in such a way that other people are affected by our delight. And the delight becomes their own as well. Now those people may be family members. Those people may be strangers. Those people may be friends. Those people may be people who are strangers today, but friends tomorrow. We produce fruit in our life. We produce the fruit of holiness Hopefully we can all sit back and look on 2017 and say, you know, I'm not perfect and I failed, but I am a half a step holier than I was on January 1st, 2017. Because the Holy Spirit grew my delight in the law. Because the Holy Spirit strengthened my life. And yes, I went through that horrible thing, but looking back on it, I can see where God grew me through that thing. That's part of what it means to produce fruit. Look at your life. Do you love more? Do you have more joy? Do you have more peace? Do you have more faith? Do you have more long suffering? Look at the fruits of the Spirit and say, have I grown in any of these areas? Even if it's just one. 
and you have produced fruit this year. So blessed is the man. That's what we strive for. We show we are blessed by walking in Scriptures, by standing among the people of God, and by sitting with Christ and His people. We practice delight and meditation. Because of that, we have life and prosperity here today. But what about the future for the blessed and for the unrighteous? It says here, the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. If you delight and meditate, if you are planted by streams of water and produce fruit, you are known by God and you are loved by God. He watches over us. He takes care of us and he guards us as we walk along the way of the righteous so that we don't walk in the counsel of the wicked and be tempted to stand with sinners or sit with mockers. And he guards us, he watches us along that way, all the way into his presence, all the way into his glorious future that he has for his people. But the way of the wicked will perish. They will be like the chaff blown by the wind. And their future is a future of judgment and death. If you can resolve one thing this year, resolve to do one thing this year, I would say resolve to be blessed. Seek out what it is that you need to do to be that person who has peace. You may be a person who is at war with God and needs peace with God. And so to be blessed, what that means for you today is to take that first step of saying, God, your law, your revealed will tells me that even though I'm created in your image, I'm a sinner and I'm walking in the way of the wicked and I deserve judgment and death. But I believe that you have provided for me a way to avoid that judgment and death. And that way is Jesus. And I believe that he took my judgment upon himself so that I might have life. And I turn from my way of wickedness and I seek to walk in the way of the righteous. If you haven't said those things, resolve to God today that you will do that. Not just this year, but this day. Do it soon. Because he will show up as a thief in the night and then it will be too late. But if you've taken that turn, if you have found yourself at peace with God, well then resolve to delight and to meditate more. Now I know, I get up at 5 o'clock every morning to read my Bible. And I'm not a morning person. I fake it. And thankfully there's coffee. And always at 5 o'clock in the morning, delight is not the response I have. And so far, the Namathite replied, are all these words to go unanswered? And then the coffee kicks in about half a chapter later, and, and I sound a little bit more delightful. But f- ask God to show you where His law is delightful. Ask God to show you the beauty of the law. Ask God to show you the beauty of the genealogies. Ask God to show you the beauty of what we've called the boring bits as we've studied the first 18 chapters of Genesis. 
And ask God to help you to delight in it. Ask God to help you have that same attitude toward His law that you have toward your brand new baby, your grandbaby, your great-grandbaby. This is God's law. It's beautiful. Look at it. Read it. Understand it. And then practice the art of meditation. Not the, not, not the kind of Hindu-Buddhist thing where we sit there with our legs crossed and we say, Om, and try to find a sense of inner peace. But mumble to yourself the Word of God. That may mean you have to memorize it. It may mean I have to memorize more of it than I know. Thanks be to God, I had 13 years in private Christian school. I've got John 3.16, the 23rd Psalm, down pat. I'm good to go. I had to memorize those every year. But there's a lot of stuff I don't know. There's a lot of stuff I need to memorize and mumble to myself. Because I think as we mumble it to ourselves and we see how it shapes our lives, our delight grows. Our delight increases to a point where, well, let's face it, if we're mumbling the Word of God to ourselves in a crowded room, somebody's going to ask you, what you talking about? And then we can show the delight that we have. So what do we do this year? We grow in our delight. We grow in our meditation so that we might grow in our blessedness. The message of the Psalms, the message of Scripture is that God wants us to be blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the woman. Blessed is the person of God who follows him. So pursue your blessedness through delight and meditation. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Holy Father, we love you. And we want to delight in you. We want to delight in your word. So help us to meditate it. Help remove those, those, those places in our mind that, that say, I can't memorize. And help us to memorize and to meditate. And help us to delight. Help us to grow. And help us to be blessed. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.